Chapter Eighteen of George Washington. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. George Washington by Ferdinand Schmidt. Translated by George P. Upton. Blessed be his memory. John Marshall announced the death of Washington in the House of Representatives in a trembling voice the emotion with which this news was received was so profound that the session had to be suspended in conformity with his expressed desire the deceased was buried on the grounds of his estate without pomp and without any funeral oration members of the order of freemasons whose noble principles he had always practised during his lifetime silently cast a shower of white roses into his grave in the house of representatives the speaker's chair was hung with black and the members were mourning during the remainder of the session the above-mentioned john marshall pronounced a touching eulogy on washington and made a proposal which was unanimously seconded this was that a committee should be named to consider how best to honor the memory of washington the man who was first in war first in peace and first in the hearts of his countrymen what was the secret of the mysterious power in washington which enhanced all his talents and gave him control over men and events it was reason ruling his passions his modest deference to the judgment of others his just consideration of the rights and claims of others his deliberation and promises and undertakings the deep earnestness of his nature the respect compelling firmness of his actions his strong sense of duty in carrying out his work the high regard for the voice of conscience which he exacted of himself even in his youth washington had a horror of gambling which he called the source of all vice the destroyer of character and health the child of greed the brother of injustice the father of depravity he looked upon war only as a means towards peace for his sole object was the welfare of the people his triumphs in war were in themselves but as dross to him if they had not guaranteed liberty and the assured development of the prosperity of the country in making appointments to positions of trust he never allowed considerations of friendship or relationship to influence him and even his opponents admitted that no man's sense of justice in this regard was more unbending than his how touching it is to note that at every stage of his glorious career the longings prevailed to return to the employments of country life from the field of war to the shade of his own vine and fig tree on the banks of the potomac to escape from the publicity of official life to the happy domestic circle to withdraw into the sweet retirement of an inner life which gave him a happiness of which the ambitious soldier and the anxious statesman know nothing the christian world can scarcely find in the life of a public man another example of such religious conviction such humility and such a deep sincere purpose to emulate christ's example in justice charity brotherly love moderation and equanimity of soul and it was not only his admirers who conceded to him the highest attributes of wisdom moderation and justice in intellectual ethical and political fields but also his opponents and enemies in examining his life wherever we look the absolute sincerity of the man's nature is apparent 
in every direction the study of his life gives us the most fruitful incentives and examples it teaches a lesson to those who doubt the real power of virtue his sterling worth eclipses all false brilliancy and his life has given us a higher standard in our judgment of the great characters in history a standard which had almost been lost during centuries of despotism the dazzling events and brilliant deeds in the life of a napoleon lowered the standard for a time but were not able to destroy it end of chapter eighteen